Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 203. It is Friday, September 11th, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and never forget. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Happy Friday, all. It is a day that lives in infamy in the United States. And if you were older than probably the age of 10, you probably remember exactly where you were that day. I remember exactly where I was and exactly how that day went. Um, You know, we've come a long way and yet not so far. But that's for another podcast. All I have to say is never forget. Wherever you're listening to this, if you could like, comment, share, or review, that would be great. And if you're in a HIPAA-compliant business, please go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, type in Get HIPAA Compliance into the search, and join the group. This way you can stay up to date on all the latest and greatest in HIPAA information. All right, first up, we have uh, some information from the U.S. CISA. That's us-cert.cisa.gov. CISA Insights email-based attacks on elections-related entities. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency has released CISA Insights actions to counter email-based attacks on elections-related entities in light of an increased sophisticated phishing operations, as we've been discussing quite often lately, targeting individuals and groups involved in the upcoming U.S. elections. These are some of the basic recommendations, but there is a lot more information if you visit this posting on their website use provider offered protections if utilizing cloud email secure user accounts on high value services implement email authentication and other best practices that would include two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication and secure email gateway capabilities they do have links to multiple resources that you can use to help avoid phishing attacks and i would encourage any business owner really to review that because it's it's not just relevant to the election, it's relevant to everybody. Phishing is a huge problem around the world and will continue to be until we find a way to put stomp it out. On ZDNet, ransomware accounted for 41% of all cyber insurance claims in first half of 2020. Cyber insurance claims ranged in size from 1000 to well over $2 million per security incident. Ransomware incidents have accounted for 41% of cyber insurance claims filed in the first half of 2020, according to a report published today by Coalition, one of the largest providers of cyber insurance services in North America. The high number of claims comes to confirm previous reports from multiple cybersecurity firms that ransomware is one of today's most prevalent and destructive threats. Ransomware doesn't discriminate by industry. We've seen an increase in ransom attacks across almost every industry we serve, Coalition added. In the first half of 2020 alone, we observed 260% increase in the frequency of ransomware attacks amongst our policy holders, with the average ransom demand increasing 47%, the company added. Among the most aggressive gangs, the cyber insurance insurer listed Maze and Doppelpamer, which have recently begun exfiltrating data. Not recently, it's about eight or nine months now, maybe a little longer. Uh but exfiltrating data from hacked networks and threatening to release data on specialized data leak sites, which then makes that ransomware attack a data breach as well. Based on 
cyber insurance claims filed by customers who faced a ransomware attack in the first half of 2020. Coalition said May's ransomware gang was the most greedy with the group requesting ransom demands six times higher than the overall average. And so their average request is $420,000. Ryuk uh, 282.590, Networker 176.190, Zeppelin 132.573, Doppelpamer 136.94, Banking Trojan, which I guess would be, um, I'm not sure who that is. It's uh, 102,000 and Dharma 81,825. So if you hit with a maze ransomware and you plan to pay, you're probably going to be paying quite a bit of money. Um, this, I mean, this article tells you why you need to have cybersecurity insurance cyber liability insurance, but it also, something to think about is whenever, uh, let's look at it from a car insurance perspective. If you get in a car accident, what happens? Your car insurance goes up. You have property damage at your home, what happens? Your homeowner's insurance goes up. This is what's going to happen, and the cyber liability insurance industry is very new, very, it's, it's I would say it's still in its infancy that these companies don't even really know what they should be charging yet. And so we're going to see an increase in premiums for this type of insurance, uh, especially if businesses are not taking the precautions to protect themselves from a ransomware attack. They're not mitigating the risk. Your insurance costs are going to go up. On Bleepy Computer Equinix, or Equinix, data center giant hit by NetWalker ransomware, $4.5 million ransom, speaking of high ransomware requests. Data center and co-location giant Equinix has been hit with a NetWalker ransomware attack where threat actors are demanding $4.5 million for a decryptor and to prevent the release of stolen data. Equinix is a mass massive data center and co-location provider with over 50 locations worldwide. Customers use these data centers to co-locate their equipment or to interconnect with other ISPs and network providers. Early this week, a source shared a NetWalker ransom note with Bleepy Computer that was allegedly from an attack in Equinix that occurred over the Labor Day holiday weekend, um, which is going to, um, that's that raises an interesting point too, because somebody, I, I was discussing the Harford ransomware attack, the delayed school openings by a day, and how it happened over, over Labor Day weekend, and they said, isn't that strange that it would happen over a holiday? And no, it's not. That is, it's more likely to happen right before or during a holiday weekend uh, or Friday or over the weekend when people are not around because where your thin set your your skeleton uh, staff um, because it's easier to cause more damage with less staff on. Um, so no, it is not uncommon for that to happen. Unlike most NetWalker ransom notes seen by Bleepy Computer, this note has a specific message for the victim that included a link to a screenshot of allegedly stolen data. The screenshot, um, they included screens of redacted, shows that they have act, they have multiple folders worth of stuff, um, and they are, of course, asking, as I said, for $4.5 million dollars. Equinix has numerous RDP servers exposed. I've said this before too. You there is there are websites you can go on the website for free and check to see what protocols are open, how many where and the IP addresses and all that. And you could do that for free and then there's you can get more information with a subscription. And so it's really not hard for people to find RDP servers that are exposed or any other server if you you know, Apache Struts is another one that came up again. Um, 
a couple weeks ago. It's just it's not hard to find these things. And if you're exposing whatever entity you're trying to protect because you can't even secure RDP servers, you're you have a problem. On bleeping computer, Microsoft state backed hackers are targeting the 2020 U.S. elections. This, I'm sorry, I should read that differently. Microsoft says state backed hackers are targeting the U.S. 2020 U.S. elections. Not Microsoft. Microsoft is not targeting them. Nation state sponsored hacking groups operating from Russia, China, and Iran are targeting organizations and individuals involved in this year's U.S. presidential election, according to Microsoft. Among the political campaigns, advocacy groups, parties and political consultants that were targeted in these ongoing attacks. Microsoft also mentioned unsuccessful attacks on people associated with Trump and Biden campaigns. The activity we are announcing today makes clear that foreign activity groups have stepped up their efforts targeting the 2020 election as had been anticipated and is consistent with what the U.S. government and others have reported. Tom Burke, Corporate Vice President for Customer Security and Trust at Microsoft said in a report published today. We have directly notified those who were targeted or compromised so that they can take action to protect themselves. In recent weeks, the Russian-linked strontonium also tracked as Sophocy, APT-28, Fancy Bear, and Sednet, cyber espionage group known for attacks on Democratic Party. Democratic presidential campaign in 2016 was seen attacking over 200 organizations and people directly or indirectly associated with the upcoming U.S. elections. Their efforts are focused on stealing the target's credentials and are compromising their accounts to potentially disrupt this year's U.S. elections and to harvest intelligence to be used as part of future attacks. Zirconium, a.k.a. APT31, and Judgment Panda, a Chinese-sponsored hacking group known for info theft and espionage, attacked high-profile individuals associated with the election, including people associated with the Joe Biden for President campaign and prominent leaders in the international affairs community. The group has also targeted at least one prominent individual formerly associated with the Trump administration. Iranian hackers tracked as Phosphorus, a.k.a. Rocket Kitten, Newscaster, and Newsbeef were also seen while attacking the personal accounts of multiple individuals affiliated with the Trump campaign. False first actors were spotted by Microsoft during May and June of 2020 while trying to log into accounts for, of both Trump campaign associates and U.S. Administrative, administration so officials without much success. So that's good news that they're not having a lot of success, but um, you can expect them to ramp up over the next little less than two months now. Deep Computer, Google Chrome's new tab groups feature now available for everyone. So we talked about tab groups a couple of weeks ago being launched. Um, it is now available with the most recent update that we told you to update to earlier this week. On the Patch Tuesday episode, um, the tab groups, which is exactly what it sounds like. You can group like tabs together. So in other words, if I have you know one tab for cybersecurity, another tab for legal, another tab for compliance, I can do that. Uh, that is available for everyone now. And there are instructions here. If you want to create a new tab group, you need to follow these steps. The, the steps are right-click on the tab, on a tab, any tab, and then add to it a new group, and that will create the group. You can color code it. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, also on Bleep Computer, Microsoft Win Windows 10 19.03 support ending in December of this year. Microsoft today reminded users that Windows 10 version 19.03, also known as Windows 10 May 2019 update, 
is reaching end of service on December 8th, 2020 in an official announcement published on Microsoft Lifecycle Policy site. For products that reach their end of support, Microsoft stops providing technical support as well as bug fixes for nearly for newly discovered issues and security fixes for newly found vulnerabilities. Redmond advises customers who still use end-of-service software to upgrade as soon as possible to the latest on-premise or cloud versions of, or to keep their systems bug-free and secure from attacks. Your computer will still work, but it would could become more vulnerable to security risks and viruses because you won't receive new security updates or other quality updates, the company explains. Microsoft offers complimentary support to ensure that your device has the latest updates installed and requires that your device be up to date before assisting with other technical support issues. So if you are still on Windows 10 1903, you should upgrade as soon as possible. And plus the new one comes with that cool WSL2, which is the Linux subsystem. On threat post, Bluetooth bug opens devices to man in the middle attacks. The blue root, blue, uh, not blue, blur tooth flaw allows attacks within wireless range to bypass authentication keys and snoop on devices utilizing implementations of Bluetooth 4.0 through 5.0. A high severity Bluetooth vulnerability has been uncovered, which could enable an unauthenticated attacker within wireless range to eavesdrop or alter communications between paired devices. The flaw, which is tracked as CVE 2021-5802, discovered independently by researchers at the E. coli Polytechnique Federale de Lausanne, I don't know, I'm sorry, it's French, EPFL for short, uh, I think it's French, and Purdue University is being referred to as Blurtooth. The issue exists in the pairing process for Bluetooth 4.0 through 5.0 implementations. This pairing process is called cross-transport key derivation, CTKD for short. Devices using CTKD for pairing are vulnerable to key overwrite, which enables an attacker to gain additional access to profiles or services that are not restricted by reducing the encryption key strength or overriding overwriting an authenticated key with an unauthenticated key, according to a security advisory on Wednesday by the Carnegie Mellon Coordination Center. There are two types of Bluetooth protocols related to the attack. The older Bluetooth Classic, also known as Bluetooth Basic Rate, Enhanced Data Rate, or BREDR, and the newer Bluetooth Lower Energy, BLE, while BREDR are mainly used for audio applications such as wireless telephone connections, wireless headphones, and wireless speakers. BLE is more often seen in wearable devices, smart IoT devices, fitness monitoring equipment, and battery-powered accessories such as keyboards. The process of CTKD is utilized when two dual-mode devices pair with each other, dual-mode meaning that they support both BLE and BREDR. The process means the devices only need to pair over either BLE or BREDR to get the encryption keys called link keys for both transport keys in one go. However, a hole in CTKD makes it possible to lower the strength of these link key encryption keys Further technical details on where specifically the vulnerability exists within CTKD, as well as specific steps needed to exploit the flow, are not yet available. That in turn paves the way for an attacker to pair their own devices to the de target's device with no authentication needed. So there is uh, a flaw in Bluetooth that allows for this this uh, attack to occur, but the 
sounds like details are not available, so that's actually pretty good news. Be harder for somebody to exploit that vulnerability. Um, Bluetooth mitigations, the Bluetooth SIG or SIG is recommending that potentially vulnerable Bluetooth implementations introduce the restrictions on CTK CTKD that have been mandated in Bluetooth core specifications versions 5.1 and later. So in other words, you need to be higher than Bluetooth 5 in order to mitigate that risk. Also on threat posts, ransomware and Zoom bombing cyber attacks disrupt back-to-school plans. Um, we're seeing this all over the country. We told you about the ransomware attack in Hartford yesterday, or I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before. Um, we also, I could tell you there was a DDoS t attack on some other schools in Connecticut yesterday. Uh, Wednesday, that is. Um, so this continues to be the trend this school year apparently cyber attacks have caused several school systems to delay students first day back and experts warned that new covid related delays could be the new snow days a slew of ransomware attacks and other cyber threats have plagued back to school plans as if dealing with the pandemic weren't stressful enough for administrators just this week attacks in hartford connecticut and clark county which we talked about both of those uh clark county nevada sorry i don't think we did talk about that one Force public schools to postpone the first day of school and, and what security experts say is a sign of more cyber attacks to come as more students head back to the classroom. According to a Tuesday public announcement, Hartford's ransomware attack caused an outage of critical systems, including the school district's software system that delivers real-time information on bus routes, which is why they had to close the schools, that led school leaders to delay Tuesday's first day of classes, a mix of both virtual classes and in-person learning until Wednesday. Security researchers point to the incident as a sign that this year cyber attacks may likely become the new snow day, particularly with the advent of pandemic-driven online learning. As students prepare to return to school, whether in-person or virtually, school districts are battling a slew of ransomware phishing and virtual classroom hijacking attacks. In 2020, schools are facing more complex cyber threats as the need for data monitoring and contact tracing become key factors in students returning to in-person classes. Heather Ponet, Senior Vice President of Product Management at Untangle, told ThreatPost. The other side of the coin is that many schools are beginning the year remotely, meaning that students will have longer periods of time where they are connected to the Internet and being a possible point of access. Managing student data and network access will be essential in both cases. And then, of course, Zoom bombing is continuing as we get as we start the 2020-2021 school year. Um, so it's going to be a long year if you are doing distance learning, and I can tell you it looks like we may be heading back to that in a lot of areas as it is. Um, so sit tight and buckle up. That is going to do it for the product of IT Cybersecurity Daily for Friday. So until Monday, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.